Good morning. My name is Maria Jacobs. Thank you for opening your hearts to my thoughts today. I am what we refer to here as a planter. I was a member of the founding team that helped create our congregation 10 years ago. I am currently leading a springboard, one of our small groups for spiritual growth, Wellsprings 2.0, listening to our lives, starting this Wednesday. By the way, there's a couple of openings still available. And I'm on the response team who are working for the Board of Trustees very hard to craft a response to Reverend Ken's recent request to go part-time next year. There was a time when I literally knew everybody here. Every new face, every new child, but I don't anymore. I'll get into that a little bit more later because first I want to share a story with you. Now just to put it out there, this story is an analogy to how I experienced Wellsprings in the lifespan of our congregation. My two children, Jake and Lily, have been attending Westtown School for years. For those of you not familiar with Westtown, it's a Quaker day and boarding school in Westchester, founded in 1799 on 600 acres, 14 of which are a lake created from damming a former pond in 1912. For decades and decades, the lake has been a place of beauty and renewal to the school. Friends fished, ice skated in canoes, Neighbors from the community were welcome to use a family beach and swim during the summer months and hike the perimeter year-round with or without their dogs. Anyone who came upon it found inspiration in the reflections of the surrounding trees, in the birds flying above, in the calmness of the still waters, in the turtles and ducks and dragonflies. It was an essential ecosystem and wildlife habitat in a fast-growing modern world. However, with 100-plus years of leaves falling on its banks and with increasing and phosphorus-rich stormwater runoff, the lake eventually silted in, and it became choked with biomass, algae, and aquatic nuisance plants. Still, Westtown used the lake as best they could. It was still really beautiful, but eventually it was close to swimming, My children were used to those plants scraping along the bottom as they canoed, using their paddles to push them aside. It became normal. But eventually, it became bad enough that they could no longer avoid the obvious. They realized it was time to do a full lake restoration, drain it and dredge it and replace the dam, which was now very, very old and potentially unstable. This was going to be hard. Millions of dollars, loss of the use of the lake for at least a year, the risky relocation of the fish and the turtles, and where to put all the stinky mud. It is a big thing to consider and to commit to doing. But they went for it, and before they even had all of the fundraising completed, they went on faith. Now, a drained lake is ugly and smelly. But interesting, in a way, they discovered cool things that had sunk to the bottom, an old wooden canoe, one of those sailboat models, an old-fashioned baby doll. And turtles that missed their official relocation kept trying to cross the road below the dam to get to the creek on the other side and were helped by drivers who would just pull over and carry them across. The little ones were easy. It was the big snapping ones that really scared me. It was sad to see those that didn't make it. They spread the sludge from the bottom of the lake onto nearby fields. Farmer Pete is excited at how fertile that soil will be to plant in next year. They're constructing a forebay at the head of the lake 
to retain stormwater from heavy rains, and the new dam they are building is muscular and awesome. And here's the coolest thing. It seemed like it was only a few days after they emptied all the water when I drove by and saw something unexpected. It took my breath away. All the brown, dried and cracked, smelly mud at the bottom of the lake was carpeted in new spring grass. Seemingly overnight, thick, gorgeous, bright green grass from one side of the lake bed to the other. And here's where the analogy gets personal for me. I told you at the start that I used to know everyone here. I really did. I greeted many of you the first time you walked in, served on many teams, led many Wellsprings 2.0 small groups over the years. This community was at the center of my life. But after about eight years, I needed to leave leadership. The lake bed of my heart had silted in, and it was, oh gosh, it was clogged with nuisance plants. The water that had flowed through me and nourished my soul were choked off. So I stepped aside, and I missed meeting and knowing many of you. It was a sad, lonely year. I'm so grateful for my friends and my husband who stayed by my side and helped dredge out my heart. It was smelly and just not pretty. But it started to work. I tentatively returned to services, to 2.0, but not to leadership. Then, at the last congregational meeting in the spring, when Carl Bader, my dear friend, announced he would step up to do the big job of leading the response team, it inspired me to join in. If he could step up, so could I. So I volunteered to be on the team, but not out of excitement or charge or grand vision. I just thought my planting team experience would help. And this is a big team, over a dozen, self-selected. And this group of people, I'm looking at some of you right now, who, from this room, who didn't all even know each other's names, many who have never served in leadership here before, are the most beautiful, authentic, caring, honest, grounded team I have ever been in a room with. I started to feel energized just being with them. As we began to meet, we saw that this response required us to understand how the entire ecosystem of the community was flowing to work the analogy. Our lake is still beautiful. And yet, where are the nuisance plants growing? Do we need to dredge out silt that has accumulated? Should we build a forebay for heavy rainstorms? Is our dam strong enough to hold? And not to simplify the team's work in service to my analogy, we also needed to understand the denominational rules governing the hiring of new ministers to examine our bylaws to see if they were still serving us to create an operations manual to help us plan how two ministers would divide the work of running our church and, of course, figuring out how to communicate all of this complicated stuff to you. But I digress. As the hours of meetings went by and we began to know each other and trust each other enough to speak both our fears and our deepest hopes for our community, I began to feel something that had been dormant begin to grow in me. New spring grass growing in the dried, cracked lake bed of my heart. Unexpected, fresh, vibrant hope. Hope for my church and for our future together. Witnessing the values we on the planting team had named at the beginning actually being used by this team now in times of challenge to ground us in humility, to see what it means to look at hurtful patterns with generosity of spirit instead of blame and shame, to focus on what could be 
instead of what was past? Well, it cracked me open, and it let the light in. I had planned on doing some hard reorganizing administrative type work, but I hadn't expected to connect so deeply with the people on our team. I hadn't expected for my soul to be recharged. We planted our community. We dammed the stream to make our lake a decade ago. We have grown robustly, and with this wonderful growth, we have also grown a few weeds, become clogged in a few places. It's okay. It comes with being a lake. It's a normal cycle. Any restoration work is complicated, but we need to do it. There are so, so many details to understand and figure out, so many places for turtles to not make it to the other side of the road without help from someone. I remind myself that we are a beloved community, not a business, that this is soul work, and soul work is soul-bearing It makes my stomach trembly when I speak from this place. We belong to each other. I need to trust you. I hope you will trust me, will trust us. I hope we will keep on loving each other. After 10 years in this place, this truth I know. When we do this work together, this work of reorganizing, of dredging and restoring our spiritual community, with vulnerability, and with authenticity, and we honestly evaluate where we are in the hopes of courageously going where we are called to be, we will always, always succeed. The waters will flow freely again. The earth we have dredged up and dried in the sun will be used as fertilizer for our future crops. And where there was brown, cracked mud, new grass, vivid and lush and tender, will grow. It has for me. Thank you.